Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast. I'm your host, Steve Cimino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with me as always is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hey, Andrew. Hello. <laughs> Still so spooky. Round two of spookiness. Welcome to <laughs> October, right? Indeed. The scariest month. Well, welcome to Horror Month, which is even more important than October, because In Real Deep has named the month in honor of the genre of horror films. We are talking about horror all month on the podcast. We came to you last week with the Intro to Horror episode, where we sort of broke down our opinions on the genre and how it works and how we classify certain types of movies. And now we're moving on to the actual movies themselves. We're going to approach three movies from different eras and talk about them. And this week we are starting with Rosemary's Baby, the 1968 psychological horror thriller movie that directed, written and directed by Roman Polanski, starring Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes, and Academy Award winner Ruth Gordon. It's one of the more uh, beloved movies of the 60s. It is a very unique and interesting film. It's, it's from an era where horror meant something a little different i think it just wasn't as narrow as it came to be defined it could sort of be a different type of movie it it it, it wasn't about the slasher films that followed it wasn't about you know some of the other uh tropes that would soon emerge in filmmaking it was more about a tone and sort of a general unsettlingness which which rosemary's baby has in spades yeah and I, i'm really glad we chose this uh this this film and, and something from this era um to kind of to kind of go back to our conversation in the first episode of this series, um, you know, horror it, it, for people of our generation, I think it, it, it evokes a certain a certain thought or, or expectations about, about what it's going to be. And this movie pretty much defies everything we sort of expect it to other than, you know, a little, a little Satan rape in there. Um, (laughs) but even that is not like, you know, it's, it's, it's somehow, like you said, deeply unsettling, but somehow not really a dark film. And I mean that like both the literal visuals, but also the, the whole tone of it is not for a movie that's creepy, uh, and, and should be creepy. It, it doesn't actually often, end up like that so it's kind of interesting in that regard sure and it you know it really is of a very unique type it is it's it's i don't i don't want to say it speaks to the 60s necessarily but it does in a lot of ways because it is about you know a the the, it's a female lead which i which is definitely i imagine something very unique for that time and Mm -hmm. at least this much of a pronounced female lead who literally carries the entire movie on her shoulders and it speaks Mm -hmm. to women of that era who you know she is rosemary uh played by mia farrow as a housewife and there's a strong undercurrent and sometimes you know right out in front of you know the plight of the pregnant woman and the woman in a man's world the woman you know who doesn't have a voice or have a say and and that gets taken to some dark twisted routes but it certainly touches on a lot of that which is interesting coming from roman polanski which we're not going to get too deep into (laughs) but but it's but it's you know it it, 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 but it also allows itself to be. It moves very slowly. It it does not have the big jumps or any of the scares or any of the gore you'd come to expect. It just has a tone and sort of an ambiance to it that just makes you uncomfortable. And and you're constantly just trying to figure out exactly what's happening. Should you? Is this awkward? Is this unsettling? Is something wrong? It asks all those questions with a very sort of light touch the entire time, which is definitely not what we came to expect from, from horror with a capital H that we've seen you know over the last thirty years. 
Right. And one of the things I'm sort of struggling to untangle um, now is, is, is uh, are those expectations that I sort of have, uh, are they, are those shaped by the movies that I, the horror movies that I grew up with? Um, or is, or is Rosemary's baby a truly, just a truly unique film? Maybe the answer is, is both, but you know, I, I'm sort of struck by, uh, by how, how unsatisfying and sort of, or, or unsatisfying the film is in this, in the sense of like giving into any sort of conventions you might imagine about horror. And, you know, we, we can, talk about a little bit about the plot at this point but there 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 as as rosemary the the titular character sort of descends into what's maybe madness what's maybe tor- being tormented uh you kind of expect her to like almost like a slasher film to somehow extricate herself from the situation and, and i guess that's what i mean by not the, the film not satisfying the, the viewer in that sense um there is no satisfaction um in fact the, the ending of the movie is kind of the opposite of of that i think and then that's what sort of sort of sticks out to me um and, and it does it all in this tonally just a really interesting way um you know it, it doesn't pedal in you know uh, torture porn or splatter or uh or any of that you know it's it's just um it's just it's just very very unique and and very different from what we we see now sure and like you said we'll talk a little bit about the plot here for anyone who hasn't seen the movie it's on stars right now if you choose to watch it and we highly recommend it it definitely deserves a lot of the praise that it got and all of the acclaim along the years but basically mia farrow plays rosemary a housewife who is married to Guy, played by John Cassavetes. And there's not a lot of real setup there. They, they are a married couple. They move into a new building. The mm-hmm. building is oft rumored or uh, to have been the home of Satanists or misdeeds or certainly some bad things that have been going on. No one is really, uh, they, they move into the house and for a long time, nothing really happens in any real sense. There's nothing scary. There's certainly no ahs or jumps or anything. It, it's more just they meet people in the building. They meet an old couple and they sort of become friends with that old couple. Ruth Gordon, the aforementioned Academy Award winner, is mm-hmm. Minnie Cassavet and Roman Cassavet is her husband, played by Sidney Blackmer. And they're just sort of strange old people who just become a little too close friends with them. The Roman it talks about how he's visited every, you know, name a place and I've been there. And and John Cassavetti says, Alaska, Fairbanks, Alaska. And he says, oh, I've been there. <laughs> like he, it's, there's a lot of like little bit comedy bits to it. And it but, but, they're, but they're odd. There's something wrong with them. And how close they get to, the, to this couple becomes an issue. And especially when Rosemary gets pregnant, there's just, there's a lot of little things that just keep happening. And Polanski really builds, I wouldn't even call it tension because there's not a lot of tension. There, there is at the end. But for a long time, it's just an, an unnerving sense that this is not right and this is not should not be happening. And really, Rosemary, when she starts getting uncomfortable and, and Mia Farrow really carries a lot of it just with her facial expressions and her frightenedness. And it's, it's really a great performance from her because she ha- yeah. there, there's none of that gore. Like we said, there's none of that gore. There's none of those scares. So much of it is just with her face and how she responds to everything. And that's really where you take a lot of the cues from. Yeah, and and to sort of drill down into the plot, I, I guess like you know, it's, it sort of ends on. I, I think the ending is 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 pretty pretty brilliant. Yeah, um, no spoilers. This movie came out forty yeah, years ago. Yeah, so. so so you know, she it ends with her sort of bursting into this like Satanist dinner party, I guess, and um, it finally being revealed that you know she's not crazy. Um, 
that that there was something off about all these people, including her husband, and that uh, you know she's basically given birth to the spawn of Satan. Um, and I think the the killer moment here is is when uh, is is when her neighbor, the 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 Fairbanks, Alaska, um, and er- everywhere else in the world, uh, Roman Castavet. Uh, says, well, aren't you his mother? In this sort of like weird, unsettling way. And she, this like sort of weird, creeping start of a smile comes across her face and she crosses the room to the, to the, um, to the, the bassinet or cradle where her son is. And then she's just joins in and it's like, and scene. And I, I just think that's what I mean, I guess, about the, the lack of, satisfaction um you know the the again the 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 post 1970 version of this movie plays out very differently you know she's maybe there's a way for her to save her baby from this fate or maybe she runs away at the end or or something but you know kills the baby something horrifying right kills you know it doesn't give in and and then you know even like again it it toys with those those sensibilities that i have like i even think back to the the scene where she goes to charles groden who plays this is his first film by the way (laughs) who plays this this um other obgyn and um you think even there as you're watching the movie you think even there oh if she can just convince him that it's true then she and the baby can sort of escape and they'll like like in your mind you're playing out oh they're gonna you know live happily ever after but you kind of realize at the end that like that was never gonna happen like there was no changing the 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 spot of satan that (laughs) she's carrying around and and really i guess i guess the horror to me is is the the fact that she can't change it and then she decide she decides to to join to join in you know right and and that is the real unsettling part of the whole the whole tale um i guess and it, it just but it just comes together so well it's just so methodical and slow to get to that point but it's like slow in a good way you know like you you really because it's it's because rosemary is on the screen for basically like the entirety of the movie you you get really attached to her and get in her sort of headspace. So um, it's just, it's just, it's just a unique movie. And, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I was, I was, I was, I, I didn't know quite what to expect, especially in a jo- genre like this, where you look back at some old stuff and it can be very dated and silly, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's, and, and you really hit the nail on the head. You know, you, when you, it, in a movie a couple years later, when you, when her baby is, we don't even see the baby. We, we, uh, Rosemary looks at the baby and freaks out and goes, what's with what, the eyes? What's wrong with the eyes? And that's where she finally realizes that she did have the son of Satan, but we don't see the baby. It's all just talked about. It's all just discussed or it's all just, you know, the, the way everything feels. And then a couple years later, there's no doubt we would have seen big creepy baby eyes or we would have seen a devil or literally a baby with a devil's head or something that that you know they, they would have said where's the gore where's the where's the scares where's the shocks there's just they don't have to do any of that like i don't think that was just in in the in the cards at that point i don't think that was a necessity for a movie to be labeled horror which I'm, i don't think they even thought of this as a horror movie i'm sure when they made it like i'm sure they thought of it as just a movie you know based on a book with with certainly unsettling moments but the unsettling moments are like when john cassavetes her husband rapes her basically while she's asleep 
that's and, and acts like it's totally fine you know i you were asleep and and it turns out to be the rape of satan raping her but <laughs> but he plays it off like that's totally normal i just wanted to you know we're trying to have a baby i was just trying to yeah. you know keep stay on schedule and she yeah. is you know trying to process this and act like it's okay like those are the kind of moments and maybe back in 1968 that wasn't as shocking as it is now even but yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, just, it's still just something that is just very there's something wrong about it like there's something up at the very least like why would this happen and i think they keep i think uh plansky keeps you asking those questions the entire time is is she actually losing her mind because there's not a lot of evidence mm-hmm. even to support right. uh the, the baby being satan until the very end when mm-hmm. you basically all the uh satanists barge into her apartment and you go okay now all the satanists are here like that's not a good sign <laughs> like they yeah, they must yeah. be up to no good but until then they're just you really are kept on your toes and i think that's a really nice thing too and, and not like with the something around the corner kept on your toes but just you really can't say with any certainty what's going on and that's a nice touch yeah, and uh, you know, I, I I don't know a ton of Polanski movies really. I mean, I, I obviously because of what happened to him in his personal life, um, both yeah. Sharon Tate and subsequent, you know, um, speaking of rape. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, I don't I don't know his stuff that well, but I mean, this is this is a uh, if this is your first interaction with him or, or your first exposure to his his work, uh, you know, it's a heck of a heck of a way to dive in and um you know it's a it just it just is an interesting window into sort of his 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 sort of his sensibility and and again you know to go back to the to the 1960s i mean i i've i've sort of said this to you and um and the 1960s are this real in in film history this real interesting era because it's really it's really between the the, the breakdown of the Hollywood studio system in the mid fifties and uh, the rise of the blockbuster with like jaws and Godfather and other movies like that. And so um, there's this sort of really interesting, like realism going on um, and, and, and all these things in the, in the movie that sort of, again, I, I don't, I, I, what I can't place is whether it's playing against type or that was just the sensibility of the time. But like, I even think of the, the production design that the apartment is like yeah it's this creepy old building but the apartment is like what i would call beautiful and normal for like 1960s apartment you know it's like it's it's like it's, it doesn't it's, scream haunted or anything like right, that right 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 um which i guess maybe it's not they're the it's not haunted the the threat is next door um but you know anyway i guess i guess what i'm getting at is it's it it, it it just is so so different um, in a in a really sort of refreshing way from from what we see what we see now and uh, you know now it feels like when a horror movie plays against type a lot of times it's it's really it's it, it's super self aware you know it's sort of like making a meta commentary and this is not a movie that makes a meta commentary at all it it sort of dwells in this in this really odd oddball mundanity of housewives in in new york yeah uh, and and you know and and there's a lot of comedic elements like we said the the cats vets when they introduced to them there's a weird conversation about alaska which is funny and and there's things like that throughout the movie but really at the end of the day the the satanists that that you know are bringing the son of satan back in the world are a bunch of strange old people that live in a big apartment building like they're not yeah. they're they're more like odd, like like you said they're more odd they they have like this plan and obviously they're they're bringing about the end of the world but they're not meant to frighten you they're 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 more meant to be the 
mundane is a really good word to use. Like they're just regular people who happen to be Satanists who <laughs> happen to have recruited this woman. And then, and it's, it's almost funny when John Cassavetes, her husband hangs out with them a lot. Like that, that's very odd too. You're like, why is yeah. John Cassavetes hang out with these old people? Like, why does he yeah. like them? You find yeah. out later that he's in league with the Satanists, but it's more just funny than anything. Like he's made a bunch of old people friends and he likes hanging out with them. And he's there at the dinner party at the end where there's a, an, an Asian guy, a photographer who's taking pictures <laughs> Like there's all these things that are happening that are like, if, we, if this came out now, we would assume it was making a joke about, right. you know, how, how, how super serious horror movies are. But yeah. it, that was, but I think it was just, uh, I think it was just meant to be funny. I think it was meant to just to continue yeah. to be off-putting in its own different way. Yeah. Yeah. And off-putting is a really good, good way to put it. And that's, that's a really different, again, it, it, if, if the goal of this is to get to know horror better, this is a, a movie that um, I would classify as horror but it really expands my definition of the genre at the same time. Uh, you know, it, it just, it, it is like, again, we sort of talked in the first, first episode, you know, about to me, the best kind of horror is when it's very unsettling. And this is a movie that is just, it just leaves you flustered the entire time. And I guess that's, that's really channeled through Mia Farrow's character who is flustered the entire time. And you think it's, you know, because she, she's pregnant or whatever. And she's flustered in all these really weird ways. Like the chocolate mousse has a chalky undertaste or like, it's not like she's flustered cause she's having all these like routine, horrible visions or something like that. Um, it, it's just, it's just, it, it's just really, uh, it really like hones in on that and just, just nails it. And it's definitely, there's, there's a lot of elements that are commentaries on, you know, being a pregnant woman or being a woman yeah. in a man's world. You know, she, she's, she's pregnant and she's, she doesn't really know what she's doing. She's a relatively sheltered housewife. And the doctors are telling her, don't read books. Don't yeah. you know, follow my yeah. rules to the T. Like these men are all just telling her what to do. Yeah. Or this old woman, Ruth Gordon's character. But usually it's just, she's surrounded by men. She, she has no action. When she gets access to her friends, they're the only people who say, this is fucked up. Like you, this yeah. is not good. Like, yeah. but but beyond that she's just sort of adrift and has no one to talk to and doesn't see anyone can't really get help and you know and it, i think that's really fascinating as well as, as sort of a little as a commentary on that because it you know it was the era of where women did not work as much and when and it's it's sort of some of the horror comes from the idea of being so sheltered and being so right. incapable and being so under a man's thumb or, or the society's thumb that you can't get out from under it when something horrible is happening around you yeah, and, and by extension, also the pressure on um, on John Cassavetes character to uh, be the breadwinner, right? I mean, why would he make the deal with the devil otherwise? Um, he makes know. the deal with the devil really quickly, too. Like, it's yeah, like he, I don't even know he, what he doesn't get that much out of the deal that we're aware of. <laughs> no, he, I mean, he definitely seems like a jerk. I'm just saying, like, you know, there, there's the, the flip side of that coin is sure. That, um, that uh that you know that 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 might add some pressure in but yeah Cassavetes performance is is it's his memorable I mean I just think I think Mia, Mia Farrow just dominates the film I mean she dominates the screen time but but Cassavetes is great too um as just this real you know schmuck you know <laughs> like, yeah he really like, is not he just says awful things all the time and uh and does awful things and that's like independent of the satan rape uh although that is awful as well you know i'll see if we can set the record for podcast set it like satan rape um but yeah it it's just it's just it's just a unique film and you know one i'm glad also that to have seen um because it uh it it 
and we've talked about this before on the podcast, like it filled in a lot of like pop culture references I didn't fully um, get, or two in particular, at least for me. Um, the uh, obviously the Woodland Critter Christmas episode of, of South Park. Uh, I, I I knew that there was there had to be some basis for that because there always is, but that episode is just a complete riff on the Satanists and <laughs> and Rosemary's Baby. And then the other one was uh, which which my wife connected was um, the her OBGYN is doc, Dr. Saperstein, which uh, is the same exact name that uh, Henry Winkler's character in parks and rec has and and uh just because of the oddness of the name and 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 the henry winkler character it's it's pretty clear to me that that is definitely a reference to uh to to the (laughs) to the character (laughs) this movie that tells tells uh mia farrow not to read books uh, so you know i mean that that was the other great thing about about seeing this was you know i mean and you can understand seeing it why it's so such an iconic sort of sort of film but it was great to sort of fill in those details sure and one other thing about the movie that i really like beyond the the great references that we were able to then pick up by seeing it finally is there was some really interesting uh the way they shoot and and sort of put together the uh sort of flashbacks and dream sequences that mia farrow has where it sort of seems like it's happening like right above her head that's really that that felt very ambitious to me like i it it felt very seamless too like it wasn't you know a cut or it seemed like the camera just sort of panned up and there was this event happening right above her i just really like that I, I don't know what i was expecting necessarily or how they would do that but to me for like a 50 year old movie that sort of stood out as a very cool way to to enter into sort of a dream or flashback type sequence without you know doing something like or something like or not, right. not that they would be so lazy as that but i just really i think this is just you know I can see why people like this so much and I can see why it was so impressive back in the day because tonally it was so interesting and it just seemed like they were trying a lot of different things and really, you know, breaking ground with such a strong female character, not strong, strong, but such a uh, uh, predominant female character, you know, controlling the entire movie and just the way they put it all together. You can see how so much horror came after it. You can see how some of the gore and stuff that came after it took a lot of the elements of this maybe or some of the slower stuff Mm -hmm. and then just started adding more and more and more on top of that and then eventually we got to a point where it wasn't so much about the subtlety anymore and it was all about the other side of things well certainly two films uh you know come to mind that 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 you know sort of picked up where this one left off so to speak i suppose which i and they but they also are great and changed the genre in their own right like the exorcist and the omen sort of both borrow from some of the themes here um and but yeah you know this is a this is a real trailblazer in terms of to me in terms of like this the psychological thriller and and again like you said the way it was shot and it, it, it like what you're describing to me is is speaks to the the realism that that Polanski was going for like they didn't go into a a, a you know ostensible dream sequence right they they tried to intersperse it um within the regular shooting and I think that heightens the what that does, the effect of that is that it heightens the sense that you're just never really sure um, if Rosemary is, has got her wits about her, right? Um, what what it, it sort of has more of an effect than the dream sequence, which would just be telling you that. It, it just kind of keeps you on your toes in a really, really cool way. 
Yeah, and you, and you also brought up a really fun piece of movie trivia, and I'll let you tell the little story. But why, you know, Mia Farrow's real life husband, which sort of mirrored her relationship with John Cassavetes in how she was treated when she took this role. Would you care to explain? Yeah, well, I'll give all the credit to um, to to Karina Longworth, and you must remember this, which is a podcast we've now dropped the name of many, many times. But yeah, uh, Mia Farrow was 23 when this movie was shot. Um, so just just coming into her own, really. I mean, she only been in a couple things before then. Uh, but she was married to a much older Frank Sinatra. Um, and uh, and yes, in, in an odd bit of sort of uh, sort of, uh, you know, um, symmetry, I suppose. Uh, Frank Sinatra was so furious that she took the role because she should be at home you know, taking care of him, I guess. Uh, she, he, he served her divorce papers like in the middle of the production of the movie. Um, so there's a lot there unpacked there. First of all, the fact that Frank Sinatra was married to Mia Farrow is weird to me. You know, I mean, I knew that already, but I, it's still hard to wrap my head around. Um, but then again, the sort of thematic, uh, it, it dovetails nicely and thematically with, uh, with, with what's sort of on display here, which is, a uh, an, an entertainer being the breadwinner and uh, wanting to take care of everything for his his wife and sort of doing that at all all costs. But um, yeah, fifty no, years ago is a long time ago, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say this is like this is it really hit the nail on the head with what I think we were going for with this series with our horror month on In Real mm-hmm. Deep is really just trying to get a sense of what horror has been over the course of the last 50 years. We, you know, we said we're, we're not big horror fans necessarily. We've never seen this movie. We, we really wanted to figure out what has entranced people for so long and why people profess to be such big fans of the genre. And I think, you know, this really does set the stage very well. It just shows you a different type of of movie making world as you said a different era and just a different idea of what the word means and what and what roles were like gender roles in society how like what people considered taboo then you know what people considered scary like i just i really appreciated getting any sort of insight into that because i i, I don't see a ton of movies from this era and, and I, I read about it more than i see them but right. it really was fascinating to get a sense of you know a what makes roman polanski such a beloved director despite his major personal flaws and law breaking and all of that bullshit but but also what you know what made this movie so unique and and it, it really does represent its era i think in a very distinct and and intriguing way yeah it it, it, it it's interesting because it represents its era but then the other thing i was struck by watching it is like how um how how you know again and this always happens with with movies that we watch that are that are you know what i would call timeless but like just how modern it felt too you know other than the other than the um other than the sort of you know the, the attire that they're wearing um you know that that it, it, it didn't feel like so locked into the 60s but I, 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 I even even saying that though it, thematically it's dealing with something that is still a, an issue today but i think was more of an issue in the 1960s which is you know the role of role of women in the home and independence and, and freedom, uh, you know, feminism, that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, yeah, like I said, it, like, like you said, it's a great, it's a great sort of example of, of what this genre can be when you kind of look beyond, uh, what we think of conventionally now, uh, with our 
remakes and slasher movies and franchises <laughs> and stuff like that. And yeah, and, and what, what what definitely stood out uh, from a '60s perspective was was the social elements of it and all that. But you're right, the way it looked and the way it felt. Is, was timeless and did not look betrothed to any era, or at least maybe the better way to put it is it didn't feel there was no negative connotations because it felt very 60s, you know? Right. Like, there's, right. That's really the best, that's really a time, what makes a movie timeless is you don't care what era yeah. it's representing because it's funny or it's interesting or it sucks you in, regardless of how, you know, what, what they're wearing. Yeah, well, and to compare it to like the movie we just talked about on the in the Injustice for Al series, like <laughs> Injustice for All came out what ten years after that? No, eleven years after this, and that is a movie that, upon viewing it, it was is like so clearly dated. Oh, right? it's like it's like uh, buried in the concrete of uh, that era, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of like yeah, it's sucked down in the mire, like it can't <laughs> escape like quicksand. But this one, you know it's it's of its era but it's it it seems to seems to go beyond that so um so great first watch and i'm like looking forward to the next one so yeah so if you guys haven't seen again this is on uh stars so if you have a chance to go watch it i believe it's it's part of their horror collection they have a ton of halloween movies available for october so we highly recommend it and we're following this up with two more movies every monday this month we are releasing a new episode that focuses on horror so we have rosemary's baby which we just talked about next up we have the thing the john carpenter movie which is super exciting and after which which sort of gets into more of the era that we were discussing where where the scares were bigger and the the action sort of got involved as opposed to maybe drama and comedy and and where things got a little more were still super fun and super interesting but it definitely sort of became uh, a bit of the genre we've come to know now and then we're following that up with it follows which is very much of modern times and mm-hmm. but i think harkens back in a lot of ways to to the horror movies that came before it and tries to forego a lot of those expectations and and uh, sort of tropes that came to define the genre at a certain point. So keep an eye out every Monday. We will keep releasing episodes. Uh, October is horror month. Never forget <laughs> all of our great, all of our great horror stuff. And check inrealdeep.com out. Otherwise, we have Andrew has just finished his Blade Runner review. So. That should be a really good one. It's a very interesting movie. One of the few sequels, Andrew, I think you told me that really feels like it has a reason to exist. Yeah. Um, and more more on that in the review. But yeah, it, it, it takes us to a new place. And, and, a, and a, just a lot to talk about there, a lot to dissect. Um, uh, it probably won't be number one on my my best of the year list or anything like that. But um, but a lot to, a lot to talk about for sure. That's good. So check that out on inrealdeep.com and all of our other great content, the Al Pacino podcast and Justice for Al, always a hit. Everyone loves those. And you can <laughs> get a sense as why we sort of took a shit on and Justice for All, which there's half hour more of that if you'd like to drop in. It's always a treat. So Yeah, we'll have to, we're sending people to the bowels of Amazon to find these, uh, find these movies that we're watching. <laughs> That's good though. We always, we don't want to get too lazy with it. We want to dip back into uh, other eras when we possibly can. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Well, thank you so much as always. Thank you all for listening. We always appreciate it and we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. <laughs>